and welcome to the iCrotch Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. Last week, I was working in Texas and attended one of the most epic backyard bashes ever. Thanks to my buddy, Robert Jacob Lerma, for the invite. It was incredible. That being said, I was a little tied up. I was actually working uh, for my regular job and unable to edit and drop any episodes last week, but I have been working on something very special for you guys. As you might know, Tex-Mex Barbecue is booming right now. The Houston Barbecue Festival and St. Arnold Brewing Company had their inaugural Tex-Mex Block Party earlier this year. And from what I hear, it was a hit. I wasn't able to attend, but following on social media was torture. The dishes that came out of that festival looked amazing. With the success of the event, I thought... I'd do a little short series on Tex-Mex Barbecue. It's one of my favorites. I'll be interviewing folks in the Tex-Mex world uh, over the next few weeks. And first up on the Tex-Mex Barbecue series is Eduardo Ortiz of Edio's Texas Barbecue. This is an inspiring story of a young man with determination and passion for work, entrepreneurship, and family. Eddie started his barbecue career like many others, doing pop-ups whenever he had some extra time and setting up wherever he could find an opportunity. Although he's had success in other ventures and in corporate America, he finally feels like he's found his true calling. He's been able to build his brand around his family and his culture. And now with a permanent location on Saturdays, he's able to showcase his creativity as well. I hope you enjoy his journey. This is Edio's Barbecue. Hey, I'm sitting here with Eddie Ortiz of Edio's Barbecue. What's up, brother? How are you? How's it going, man? I'm doing all right. Man, you got that Tex-Mex barbecue going over there. Yeah, man. I think uh I I, I don't think it started out that way, but I think the intention was always to bring food uh, that that we grew up eating to the to the table for customers. So so yeah, it looks like it's working out pretty well. And where are you guys located? What what city? We're we're out of Houston, Texas. We're uh, actually about maybe five or six miles north of downtown Houston in a neighborhood called the the Houston Heights. Okay, Houston Heights area. Cool, man. Yeah, man. Well, I've been following you, following you uh, on Instagram and and checking out your plates and your food, man. Everything looks delicious. Uh, one one thing that I noticed is like, man, he fixes plates like I used to back back when I was growing up, man. He got the the rice and the beans and the you know the slices of brisket on there, the tortillas. Man, it looks looks fantastic. No, thank you, man. And, and and you hit you hit it on the head. I mean, I think it's more about just, uh, you know, getting creative when when we feel like it's appropriate, but, you know, not forgetting the basics and really honing honing in on those basics and, and just sharing food, you know, with the customers in a way that we we were used to eating it. Yeah, man. So let's just let's just jump right into to your story. Um, where did you grow up, and and kind of what are some of your influences? Uh, so I was uh, born and raised in Houston, Texas, in a, a north side neighborhood of Houston, Texas, about about five or six miles north uh, of downtown proper. Um, you know, 
but far from far from a city boy only i mean you know being in texas we we did a lot of uh camping you know did a lot of fishing even got to do some hunting and uh around all of those activities was always cooking and barbecue uh mm-hmm. mainly mainly barbecue we almost uh you know we almost exclusively cooked outside so i would say that you know those have been my biggest influences is just times that i spent cooking down you know, uh, whether it's in Freeport when we would go saltwater fishing or camping up in Gardner State Park, um, we we were always we were always out barbecuing. And so I, I grew up, you know, around the pit and, you know, eventually was tasked with getting this, getting that and then moving up the ranks to being trusted with <laughs> some easier things. But uh, it's just a part of childhood and it, it uh, you know, naturally kind of grew into uh, a passion as I got older. Yeah. And your, were your folks cooking back then and, and you were just yeah. kind of learning? Yeah. My folks were cooking back then. I, I think for the most part, the, the, uh, the Ortiz side. So my dad's side, the, the males have always predominantly cooked. I can always remember my dad, my uncle, my grandfather, uh, cousins. It, it always seemed like the males in our family cooked, whether it was inside or outside. My dad's younger brother, rest in peace, uh, my my uncle Ray, he um, started out uh, doing some local competitions on the barbecue circuit down here in Houston, uh, got on with uh, some cooking teams, eventually started cooking in the uh, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, uh, you know, doing some bigger cook-offs. And so uh, naturally, my dad was there, you know, helping them out. And there you could also find me. Um, you know, running around the, the, the cook-off grounds and eventually helping out. And uh, it to them, I mean, it was always a, uh, they never really turned it into a, a formal business. You know, I think it was more of a, of a passion um, and the fun and competing and things like that. We, we decided that maybe, or I decided, it, you know, it might be fun to, to see where this goes as a business and, and really pour everything I have into it. Yeah, and what what were they cooking? Oh man, they were smoking briskets, you know, uh uh traditional meats that you'd find at a at a cook off. I mean, but outside of that, I mean, you know, we were always smoking briskets for uh had a lot of girl cousins growing up, so a lot of quinceaneras, had a lot of weddings, we were always catering the weddings, cooking for the weddings, always assuming that that cooking part and the food part in-house within the family, you know. We'd make the barbecue, somebody would make the side, somebody would, you know, do, uh, you know, the rice or the beans. And but we were always we were always cooking briskets. And then when it got to the cook off is when I started kind of getting exposed to different cuts of meat and different types of cooks and things like that. But, man, in the backyard, it was always smoking some some quarter legs or cooking some fajitas or making some pico or just uh, hanging out, you know. Mm hmm. When when was the first time that you started? Like around what age were you starting to smoke meats and uh, and really oh. cook on your own? Oh man, I want to say. Well, I can remember the age that I first smoked a brisket. Uh, I think I was about seventeen, and it and it actually came out pretty good. Uh, I messed up plenty after that, but for some reason that first one came out pretty good. But uh, <laughs> even younger than that, though, you know, I'd say. Uh, right, right when I got into high school, so maybe 14, 15 ish, you know, I'd have a couple, you know, a bunch of my buddies come over to my dad's house and, you know, I'd tell my dad, Hey, I'm going to barbecue for my buddies. And, and is it all right if they hang out here? And, 
he'd say, yeah, I'd rather have you guys here hanging out at the house. So, you know, we'd barbecue and, um, or I'd barbecue. And it, it was really more about, it was bigger than barbecue. You know, it was really just about getting the guys together, sharing some laughs, joking around. Of course we ate, but, uh, I think, you know, barbecue was never really the, the center of, of what getting together was about. It was just more about hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Was it something that you always wanted to to do as a career or is it something that uh, just? Uh, yeah, I actually, before that, I actually wanted to be a teacher. So uh, I went to, you know, uh, I have an undergraduate degree and a master's degree in, in teaching. And so I actually wanted to teach. And when I, I lived in Philadelphia for three years uh, during graduate school, and then I moved back to Texas, to Houston, where I'm from, I needed a job after school. And so I kind of fell into the oil business, I guess, like everyone does down here at some point. And my teaching career sort of just permanently got put on hold uh, because, you know, the job in the, the oil industry was paying me a lot better than, you know, uh, what I would have been making as a teacher. And so I'd say that's probably that was probably my first love. But I've had I've had other business ventures before barbecue. You know, I had a uh, with with my teaching degree, I would do some freelance editing work, uh, particularly for new writers or uh, college students, things like that. Uh, I owned a landscaping business at one point, you know, so I really got to uh, learn, learn business, I would say. All throughout that time, you know, barbecue has always been a part of my life. It's always been something that it comes natural and it's always been something that that, uh, you know, characterizes uh, what it means to be around my family and things like that. And so I eventually learned that I really wasn't passionate about those other things, but that I was passionate about a business focus, marketing and uh, growing, uh, you know, brand awareness and things like that. And I thought, you know, if I could take those skills and couple them with something that I'm truly uh, wholeheartedly passionate about, I think it would end up favoring, uh, favor, favorable. So that's where the barbecue came in. Yeah, that's awesome, man. My, my wife has a education background also. So I'm, I'm, I know that that's, that's hard work. That's awesome, man, that you were a teacher. My wife will probably li actually listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and um, so whenever you were doing all of these other, I mean, obviously have that entrepreneurial spirit and, um, you know, you have that uh, that hard work ethic and obviously uh, going to, to college and, and getting your master's degree and then having all of these other businesses. Um, are you still working at uh, another job? Do you have a nine to five or is barbecue number one now? Uh, no, barbecue is not number one. I, I still am a I'm a full time energy professional. Uh, I have a corporate job down here in uh, downtown Houston. I, I work for an energy company that's headquartered here in Houston. Barbecue uh, is getting closer, though, to being something that, you know, has moved from just a, a weekend thing or just a pop up thing to something that I'm honestly considering making into my full-time career. And so I'm just, you know, in the, in the planning stages right now, kind of strategizing around that. But yeah, most people think that I do barbecue full-time and, and to an extent I do, I almost have two jobs at this point. I mean, there isn't a day that I don't leave the office and come home and do something for the barbecue business, whether it's, you know, update the social media or update my, my website or, you know, uh, do some research 
some food inspiration, start to prepare earlier, a couple days in advance, start, you know, of course we got to go shopping. So I'm the, you know, I'm the marketing, the accounting, the, the operations, I'm pretty much all of it. Of course I have help from my family, but, um, yeah, it's grown into, to damn near a second job. Did you have any other, other type of culinary background other than, you know, cooking in your backyard with your family? Uh, no, no, honestly, no, I, I, uh, I, I attribute, I think the, uh, the culinary uh, skill set that I've been able to develop strictly to, you know, that, that upbringing, you know, at a, at a young age, I decided that I was going to go live with my father. Uh, my parents were divorced, so I decided I wanted to go live with my father. And um, my dad was a pretty self-sufficient guy, so very domestic, and informed me that I would be too. And so when I went and lived with him, I had to, you know, I had to wash and cook and clean. And the cooking was something that that really just didn't seem like a chore out of all of those things. And uh, I had kids at a at an early age. And so I've, you know, been cooking for my kids all their lives. So no formal, no formal culinary training or experience per se outside of some of the competition work I did and events that I'm now doing. But but most of this has just been by way of, you know, researching and trying to perfect uh, my skills and, and hone my craft and continue to, to carry out the passion. So that's pretty much how I, how I go about it. Yeah. So around what year did this become uh, a business for you, you know, that, uh, that you started doing pop-ups and, and now I guess you have a permanent location, which we'll get into, but when, when did you, when did you decide, Hey, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to kick this up another level. Uh, it was 2017. It was late fall of 2017 when I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take this from word of mouth kind of deal and I'm going to start actually putting it out there. And so it was around, I want to say August of 2017. I went through some initial uh, changes in, in barbecue company name. I went through some iterations of, you know, what it would look like. And then I think by November ish, October ish, November ish, I, I had decided that you know, it would be called Eddie O's namesake. After my name is Eduardo, and my dad's name is Eduardo, so I thought our last name is Ortiz. So I thought Eddie O's sounded like a perfect, a perfect barbecue name. And then it wasn't until about December, I think, where I had my first official paid, uh, paid gig. And then I spent a year, the next year, all of eighteen, popping up all around Houston. And uh, I think that really helped raise the awareness about my, my brand of barbecue and certainly got the attention of the HOU BBQ folks and some of the uh, local papers down here in Texas, like the Chronicle and the press. But I was popping up, you know, on the south side and Rice Village. I was popping up in north side. I was popping up pretty much everywhere. And doing that for a year made me realize that it, it's, it's a lot of work popping up is not as easy as folks think um you know they just see the tent and they 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 see you know they order and, and they have good food but there's a lot more that actually goes into just getting set up and making all of that happen and so i decided you know what i need to partner with a an establishment that is reasonably close to me so that the logistics are easier but i wanted to take the burden off of the customer they were always having to look me up or find out where I was going to be next and follow me around town, basically. 
So I wanted to make that easier. So I wanted to find an establishment that didn't have a food component to it and see if I could partner with them to bring that food component and, you know, in that way, give my customers a regular barbecue experience. Mm-hmm. And you found that in the brewery, right? Is that? Uh, yeah. So okay. it's a, it's a craft beer spot uh, down here in the Heights. Um, like I said, just about five or six miles north of downtown Houston, there's a, a craft beer spot that um, did have food at one point, but the kitchen kind of uh, kitchen operations it had been something that they were working through. And so I, I saw that as an opportunity to present, you know, myself and what I could offer. They thought it was an excellent idea. And so we've been there pretty much every Saturday uh, holding what we call Saturday barbecue comida at 12 p.m. Uh, since February of 2019. That's awesome. I remember you posting that and seeing that, man. That That's a pretty cool spot, too. What's the name of that brewery? Uh, the name of it is D&T Drive-In. It's a, uh, yeah. yep, D, D as in dog, T as in Tom, D&T Drive-In. It used to be a, used to be an old, old-timey uh, ice house that they actually called the drive-in. And uh, they, they redid it, completely remodeled it, and, and it's all, you know, um, redeveloped and things like that. But they kept the name. And so, um, yeah, I, I, it, it, you know, customers can now come and sit down and, you know, eat barbecue, have some drinks have some conversation. Uh, whereas before when I was popping up, you know, I was at motorcycle shops, I was at leather stores. I was, you know, people just standing there looking at you eating, eating their barbecue, you know? <laughs> Heck yeah, man. That's, that's, that's the hustle right there. Yeah. That's how I got started, man. I, uh, I like to ride motorcycles. And so I just, I went to the dealership where I bought my bike and I had some bar. I had some biker buddies that worked there. And I just said, Hey man, let me set up and let me sell sandwiches. You know, let me just do something on a Saturday. I'll buy some mm -hmm. free beer and we'll just, so bikers, free beer, barbecue, you know, and, and then and that, that lasted for a good little while, but that's how it all started. Man, that's pretty awesome. And were you like, uh, you just doing kind of underground barbecue at the time or did you already have, um, like all of your health permits and all of that? No, all of that, all of that was sort of underground at the time. It wasn't until I started to kind of get deeper into it. It wasn't until folks started to notice me a bit more. I started getting some attention and then things started, you know, then I learned that there's a whole administrative side, which, which I knew existed. Uh, I certainly knew at some point I was going to have to deal with that, but uh, I, I just didn't realize that, you know, it would be, so soon and and so yeah i had to quickly move from from more of an underground concept to formalizing the business getting it registered getting the permits doing all of that stuff and so so now we're good to go that's awesome man and um let's talk a little bit about your pit progression that's one of my favorite subjects is barbecue pits um so kind of where did you start where are you now oh yeah man so my my first pit actually <laughs> was a pit that is basically two 55-gallon drums, you know, that you can find find at a, at a local HEB or whatever it is. Th those were welded together, but but the, ga the, the metal gauge on those was thicker than the ones you might find like at an HEB or something like that. So a little better quality, but but in essence, nothing more than two 55-gallon drums welded together. And uh, that that was left down 
by my uncle who had passed away. So I had, I inherited that uh, from my uncle Ray. And well, my dad inherited it. And then I told my dad, hey, I want to start this barbecue business. I need a pit. Let me have this pit. And he said, well, just keep it. It's yours. So uh, all of my briskets for a year came out of that out of that pit. And uh, I said, man, you know what? There may be some pictures on it across my social media, but I was pretty intentional about being honest with the barbecue, honest with the barbecue pits. And uh, craziest thing, man, I mean, uh, the not to take it too far, but the Texas monthly list that came out where where Daniel Vaughn did a top 15 Tex-Mex bites in Texas one time, um, the brisket that he ate came out of that pit. Uh, wow. So that I still have the pit. Uh, I don't use it. Cause now I've uh, capacity was becoming an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now uh, I had a buddy of mine down in Santa Fe. Um, shout out to Catrit family barbecue down in Santa Fe, formerly Bur- uh, bourbon legends barbecue, but my good buddy, Justin, he now owns a uh, Catrit family barbecue in Santa Fe. He, um, he was, he was in a situation where he wanted to, to move the pit off. And so he gave me first a crack at it. And I jumped on it. It's a 500 gallon, uh, you know, Franklin style smoker, uh, insulated firebox. So I had to get a trailer, put it on a trailer, and uh, quickly learned that I needed a lot more wood than the wood I was using on that on that pit before. Well, that's a cool story about uh, your mm-hmm. uncle. Your uncle raised it. It's a good tribute that you did for him uh, that whole year. Yeah. Pretty much that, 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 uh, I mean, I even named the, uh, so the, the big smoker that we have now, I named it El Rey. So actually named it after my uncle. Um, so we have some plans to, uh, do some modifications to it, you know, um, but, but nothing, nothing crazy, but yeah, it, it, uh, it became really, it became just a, a matter of capacity at that point. And, and then I also just wanted to master, you know, I wanted to master uh, and learn how to cook on, on, you know, those bigger uh, offset smokers like that. And so I haven't looked back since. I, I have some plans to uh, maybe keep this one in my arsenal, um, you know, certainly keep the one that I inherited from my uncle uh, forever. But I, I may at some point be looking to uh, to upgrade or, or um, revamp uh, the the tools that I have right now, but that's what we're using right now. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool, man. You had two fifty five gallon drums, and then you jumped right into a five hundred. So that's and and that's a pretty pretty big jump, and it's working out for you. Yeah, I had to learn how to use it, but I mean, I figured the only way I was going to do that is if I cooked on it. So the first time that I ever actually cooked on it uh, was the. Uh, the first Houston barbecue event that we did, which was the the event we did with uh, Louis Mueller and uh, uh, Acre Barbecue or Acre Barbecue um, last uh, or this past February, it was the um, it's escaping me Super Beef. Uh, the first time I cooked on it, I cooked ten briskets, uh, <laughs> and I I was it was a matter of timing. I just you know was up against it and I didn't have time, and turned out to everything worked out really well, but. Um, so now we're just, you know, I there there's times I don't even need to cook uh, that much food, but I always use that pit because uh, it produces a um, a better result in in uh, you know product quality and 
once I realized that I, I couldn't, you know, allow myself to revert back to cooking any other way. And, and the more I do it, the more practice I have. And so, yes, it does cost, you know, to fuel, but the end product is definitely outweighs the cost. Yeah, man. So let's talk about the end product. What let, let's talk about your menu. What what all are you cooking? I know you have this great Tex-Mex arsenal, but you're, you know, also doing uh, you know, your brisket ribs, the Central Texas style barbecue as well, right? Yeah, so I I feel like being a, you know, being a barbecue joint, being a barbecue business, we can't not serve, you know, offer our customers a, a traditional barbecue experience. So uh, that's definitely something that will continue. It's something that we we're continuing to improve. Um, we're continuing to you know raise the raise the bar internally in terms of the the traditional barbecue product that we're putting out. So on any given Saturday barbecue comida, you can find brisket, you can find uh, pork spare ribs, sausage. Uh, we get our sausage crafted and sourced locally from a, a craft spot down here in, in Houston. Uh, I do some, um, a different take on some pork belly burn-ins where I, I, uh, I make them with, uh, there's a, a Jaritos, uh, that piña, uh, soda water component to them. That's been working out, uh, pretty well. Uh, and, and, but you know, we, we don't, we don't really use much bread. Uh, we've tried, we actually find that our customers really don't like bread. Uh, they want the tortillas that we make. And so my grandmother makes the tortillas. Um, and so we serve, we serve tortillas and, and salsa. Uh, there's, there's barbecue sauce available that we home cut, but, um, you know, we really, we really focus on sharing our, our homemade salsas and we do some pickled carrots and some pickled jalapenos, stuff like that. And then on the, uh, on the more, uh, I guess the handle side of things, it was really just about, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, like I said, with family and with my grandmother growing up. And it, it was it, my vision there is really just to present the barbecue, how I remember, you know, eating it, particularly around breakfast and lunch. So breakfast mm-hmm. is one of my favorite meals. You, you'll you notice in, in some cases there's a there's an egg component to some of the barbecue items that I do. And, and, and that's intentional. I mean, I, I you know, this weekend we're doing a, our take on a, a brisket. Uh, a, a steak and eggs. So we'll do some brisket, some uh, uh, Wells Rancheros with some fried papas on a plate, and mm. we'll serve we'll serve it with tortillas. So just you know, you know, uh, doing a brisket bowl with some some frijoles charros and some Spanish rice and and some sliced brisket in there, served with tortillas, and we top it up with some salsa. So we're getting really good feedback, people. Um, I would say equally enjoy both styles of cooking, um, but there definitely is a appetite down here for, um, you know, more of the more of the Tejano Tex-Mex kind of feel that, you know, that that we're bringing with some of our other, um, you know, barbecue buddies across across the industry. Yeah, man. And that's I love it. First of all, I, you know, moving to California two years ago from Austin. Uh, or the Austin area, Round Rock, um, I came out here, you know, looking for good barbecue. And that's that's why I started the podcast, uh, because I was starting to find some really good barbecue, underground barbecue. But I miss that whole Tex-Mex side of it. And sometimes when I come home, I'll have some brisket left over and put the arroz on there and have some charro beans on there. And, you know, and so I make my own Tex-Mex 
uh, dishes out here. So I miss that from Texas and being around Texas. And like I said, when I see your plates online, sometimes I'm like, man, that's exactly how I fix my plates. And it's funny you bring the whole egg element to it because we had webbles all the time at my house. I mean, and we have them for breakfast, lunch and dinner. You know, I love that, man. That's that's awesome. It was really just about, hey, this is what I like, so I'm going to try it. And if it, mm-hmm. I hope it works, and it's been working. Yeah, and, and what type of wood are you using? Now, I guess within the past, uh, I want to say maybe four months, maybe, I've moved to a uh, post-oak pecan uh, mix. So there, so you'll find that, that uh, I, I use both of those uh, on any given cook. I started out using mostly, mostly post-oak. You know, and then I, I wanted to experiment a little bit more, started using pecan, and then I realized, hey, I get a really good uh, flavor profile, you know, um, when I when I mix the two. So there's a ratio. There's a ratio. I don't just, you know, throw a bunch of pecan and throw a bunch of post oak. I mean, we start out with some post oak and, there, and then there's a ratio that we use for the pecan. But but yeah, all, all the meats are smoked over smoked over oak and pecan. And that's a pretty that's a pretty common mix. I've I've seen that from from some other places as well. Um, so right now, you're you have this stationary place that you set up on every Sunday, every Saturday. Are you still doing pop ups and and caterings or anything in between? Yeah, um, there are some there are some events that we can't turn down. Uh, for instance, you know, H uh, O U B B Q just had the Tex-Mex barbecue block party. So we suspended our, our, our weekend operations at the brewery, uh, to do that event. We have a couple, we have another event in September, a couple, um, another couple of events in September that we'll be doing. Um, and so there will always be some events we can't pass up. Uh, Mm -hmm. we got asked to, we recently got asked to do a, uh, funny enough, (laughs) we got asked to cater a wedding in Austin. So it may be that we're up there doing that. Um, right now, you know, since I'm still a full-time corporate energy professional, uh, I really have to get creative and find ways to, uh, grow my barbecue brand when I'm not available physically all the time. And so that, that led me to, uh, if all goes well, we'll have a, uh, we'll have a brisket kolache, uh, collaboration with a, with a bakery here, uh, in Houston in the Heights rolling out on Labor Day. Oh, yeah, man. You can't go wrong with that. Those two great things, brisket and kolaches. Yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be fun. You know, I I mean, but like I said, it was just more about how do we get our product in customers hands when when we're not there available, um, you know, per se to to dedicate a whole day to to popping up, you know, so they'll get the meat fresh. You know, we'll, we'll go in, we'll train their staff on how to how to cut it. And, uh, and then, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. You know, that Tex-Mex block party, uh, that, that they had in Houston was, I guess it was the first time they've had that. And I I thought it was just incredible. I wish I could have been there. Uh, so that kind of prompted me to like, you know what, I'm going to get some of these folks, uh, in the Tex-Mex barbecue scene, because that's something that I really love. And I'm going to have like a little series. So that's what I'm doing right now. Thank you for jumping on our show this week. Yeah, no, certainly, man. I, I uh, 
I think I think uh, just as important as offering the customers this kind of barbecue experience, um, so too is guys like you, you know, bringing attention to the type of cuisine that we're cooking and, and really helping us raise that awareness. I mean, we can only do so much, but, you know, the barbecue community has been super supportive and super helpful. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad to be, you know, in it with you. Yeah, man. And speaking of about of uh, of barbecue community, um, I know this can't happen by yourself, right? So, what what are what are kind of the roles that your family has played in this? Yeah, my family has been. Uh, I mean, shout out to my mom, my dad, my grandma, uh, my daughters, well, my oldest daughter. I I could not be doing this without them. It's definitely a family affair, and uh, my my messaging about that is pretty consistent. I want folks to know that. You know, you're really coming into our family, even if it is momentarily just to enjoy the barbecue. Um, but that that is our intention to to welcome you in that way and have you be part of our of our familia. So that's why we call it a Saturday barbecue comida, because it's it's not just a, a, you know, a pop up. It's it's really us, all of us uh, sitting down, eating together, because even my family, you know, gets food and they sit down and they eat. Um, I cook everything for the most part. I, I do all of the cooking. The only thing I don't make are the tortillas. My grandmother makes those. So pretty crucial, pretty crucial part uh, in the uh, of the business. Uh, my dad, I guess he's what you would call, uh, you know, my right hand, my right hand pit master. I mean, he's the guy that tag teams with me and, you know, allows me to get a couple hours of sleep. And, you know, he's the one that can get started early for me if I'm caught in a bind or uh, so. Definitely, definitely a, a second pit master, you know, in our arsenal there when when uh, when we just need some uh, to tag team some things. And then my mom really is more on the on the front of the house operations and, and preparedness side really has helped me identify where I can make some efficiency improve, improvements. And it just really helped me you know, understand that um, the smoother this thing can run, the funner it can be. And so she's really taking charge of that. And so, yeah, that that is the company. And then uh, my my oldest kiddo, uh, she's going to high school this year. So that's her that's her job. Uh, she works, you know, during the summer for Eddie O's Barbecue and I pay her just like an employee. And uh, so she's making some extra money. She's learning what customer service is all about. And I think it's been a f- pretty fun experience for not just me, but for, you know, all of my family. Yeah, man, that's just great that you have your family around to help you. That's, that's, that's gotta be awesome to be able to work with all of them. Yeah. It, it's, it's uh help us, you know, look at our relationship at times in different ways, but it, it's really helping us grow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know we kind of glanced over that Tex-Mex block party, but I wanted to see, get a little bit of insight from you about that experience. How was it? Um, what, what did you guys cook? Uh, can you kind of walk us through that experience? Yeah, uh, that was the inaugural uh, Tex-Mex barbecue block party event uh, hosted by HOUBBQ. I say inaugural because it's the expectation that they will continue to do that year over year. It was uh, definitely a well-received event, uh, definitely one of the more uh, sold-out events, uh, lots of ticket purchases. The uh, the vibe was was barbecue, but it was a, a little different. Um, and I think that that really resonated well with folks. They had some uh, some Tejano music going on out throughout the throughout the event. And so that helped bring some uh, some livelihood to the to the atmosphere. 
it was a really, really fun event. Um, I know some folks were trying to get tickets last minute, but couldn't. You know, I urge folks to hop on those opportunities early when they do some pre-sales and some discounted sales because it looks like this one's going to probably end up being one of the premier uh, food events in Houston for some years to come. A uh, lot of great, a lot of great talent out there. We saw some different things. I think, uh, uh, you know, the boys from 2M, I think they rolled with some, uh, some mole, which was really, really good. Uh, mm. We did a, we did a gordita de maiz that we kind of buttered up and, and fried a little bit on the skillet. And then we stuffed it with some chopped brisket and a little cotija and some, uh, some salsa and garnished it with some cilantro and served it with a side of uh, our magic charro beans. Dude, that sounds incredible. I, I was just talking to my father-in-law about that. They were here visiting a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we we're talking about, man, gorditas. That's that's what we need. We need more gorditas in this world. Man, that's, man. That, sounds, that sounds awesome, dude. Yeah, it was really, really, really well received. I think we probably went through like 300 gorditas. Um, I couldn't yeah. make, you know, I was putting them on the table and they were snagging them up. And uh, yeah, so it, it's something that we're for sure going to do again. But uh, the key there was let's take some basics and let's see how we can focus more on how we pair the items and not necessarily always getting getting too creative. And so that was an example of that there. But uh I got a lot of good feedback uh, after the event. Folks were messaging me saying, hey, are you going to have the gorditas there at the pop-up? And, you know, uh, how can we get a hold of those? And so I'm definitely uh, looking into how I can bring those to to uh, Saturday Barbecue Comida. But for right now, that was just a that was a one-time sort of um, a one-time item for, for that specific event. But there should be more. Yeah, well, let me know when there is more because I, <laughs> I want to get my hands on some myself. Um, what other shows or do you have anything coming up that, uh, maybe folks can come see you at? Yeah. So, um, we have another, uh, big event happening at St. Arnold brewery, uh, in Houston called the, uh, Houston barbecue throwdown. So I think oh, it's, the, wow. yeah, I think it may be the, the eighth, uh, the eighth annual or seventh annual Houston barbecue throwdown, but there's 14, uh, competing this is this is actually a competition so the so hou bbq hosts it at st arnold's it's a ticketed event gets you uh, unlimited beer unlimited barbecue but the the team the 14 teams are in competition and the challenge is to create a dish that in your uh opinion best represents your version of houston barbecue you you, sh you should see a lot of uh, uh this this may be a an event where we where we you know, rely a little more on our culinary skills and, and, but, I, but I, I expect that it'll be a, a fun event. Uh, a lot of, uh, well-regarded, uh, folks out there, you know, uh, I'm probably one of the young guns, I guess, if you will, I don't have a restaurant per se. Um, but that's the level of talent that you're looking at. You're looking at guys like me all the way to guys that, you know, uh, have established brick and mortars. Man, that's awesome. Well, we'll be on the lookout and and uh, be supporting you along the way. And yeah, once you once you have that information, we'll post it and uh, repost it for you as well. Yeah, thank you, man. I hope uh, we're gonna need it. <laughs> Whoever <laughs> wins that thing will uh, will go on to to represent uh, Houston in the Houston versus Austin throwdown and later on in December. So we'll see what happens. That's awesome. I was gonna ask about that. Now, does Austin also have a? Uh, 
kind of a, uh, I guess this is kind of like you said, it's whoever wins that. It's almost like a tournament. Does Austin do that as well to, to decide who's going to go up against Houston? Yeah. So you'll get, you'll get last year's Austin winners that'll go against this year's Houston winners is I think how it works. But yeah, there's, there's always a group of uh, Austin and surrounding area guys that have their Austin throwdown. And then the idea is, is that the whoever emerges, you know, from the Austin throwdown and the Houston throwdown will get together and have a, a Houston versus Austin throwdown. And and they they uh, they counter every year. So I think last year it was in Austin. So this year it might be in Houston. Well, hopefully uh, maybe we'll see if I can make it down there, man. That would be awesome to go, go down there. I know one of my buddies was uh, well, a bunch of my buddies were in it last year, but. Um, Brett Bourne, who was who was pretty new on the scene at the time, uh, was invited to the throwdown as well. The I guess it was the Houston and versus Austin throwdown at the time. So, yeah, man, Brett's been doing some amazing things out in uh, out in Rockdale. It's one of those, you know, customers I guess don't realize all of the good barbecue that they have the privilege to eat on any given day because the guys that are cooking it really don't get to get away as much as they do, and so that's kind of one of the one of the drawbacks, so I ha- there's a long list of buddies that, you know, I want to go check out if I can ever get time to break away. But but Brett's certainly doing some some awesome things, man. And and uh, and if I'm ever up in California, man, I, I don't intend on uh, staying here in Houston. Um, I, I'm going to need a vacation at some point. I have some familia in California uh, in, in L.A. and in San Jose. So if I'm ever up in California, I'll look you up. I've been uh, dying to go check out uh, Danny of uh, Heritage, man. I've been really wanting to uh, check those guys out. We do have a uh, – we're in the works right now of planning a, a pop-up in Chicago. We'll, we'll do a – it looks like at this point we're going to do a fall uh, pop-up in Chicago. I got a buddy uh, up there. We'll take over the kitchen, and uh, we'll have a weekend sort of Tex-Mex uh, barbecue pop-up uh in in chicago not not far from wrigley oh man why don't you do one in california maybe we can talk you into doing that also but uh hey stay in their (laughs) ear man stay in their ear for me (laughs) hey i i'm good friends with all these guys out here and uh of course you know moosecraft and uh and uh heritage of course danny's a good buddy of mine so yeah man hopefully we can maybe put something together for you guys. Uh, so when you come on vacation, maybe we'll put you to work for a day or two. Hey, that's all. Hey man, it, it, uh, that's the whole, that's the whole, uh, design behind maybe making this full time one day is because it's, it's, it's not work, man. I really do enjoy it. And I really do. I really do have fun. So, uh, Danny, Danny and, and Moose and even Horn have been, you know, uh, great sources of inspiration for me in terms of, you know, really just looking at what's important and looking at, you know, how I want to continue to grow and, and shape the brand of barbecue. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it, man. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at Edios more on a, uh, a national scale. I'm looking at it um, with with bigger eyes. Uh, I'm not saying it's all going to happen right now. And, I'm, and, and, and of course, I'm, I'm humble, but um, that's at least how I approach the game. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, brick and mortar in your sights uh, anytime soon, or? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure, man. I think, uh, I think you know, if it were up to me, uh, I'd like to find me a little patch of grass somewhere in Houston and really just build on it. 
Uh, I thought about the food truck route. Uh, permitting down here in Houston can be a nightmare. Uh, you know, you got to make sure you buy the right truck uh, to begin with. And then if, you know, that thing starts giving you issues, you got to, you know, have a reputable uh, mechanic in your arsenal. And so there's there's some some things that can go can go uh, quirky with the with the food truck. But uh, so I, I'm thinking, you know, give me some uh, unrestricted patch of grass down here and 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 build on it. Uh, my idea is, is that I will uh, really I, I would like to do more of a, a barbecue breakfast taco joint. Awesome, man. God, that's one thing we're missing out here in California. They don't even know what breakfast tacos are. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck to you on that, my friend. You know, let, let's uh, let's stay in touch. And if I'm if I'm down your way, I definitely I'm definitely going to come and hit you up. I do have a couple of trips planned uh, coming up, so. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely stay in touch. So what's your, uh, where can people find you? I know we talked about it a little bit, but where can people find you? What are your hours and, uh, where can they also find you on social media? Yeah. So if you're not down here in Houston, you can find us on social media at Eddie's, uh, BBQ, all one word, Eddie's BBQ, both on Facebook, uh, Instagram, as well as Twitter. Uh, Instagram really is a portfolio to, you know, showcase the, the level of barbecue that we offer and that we aim to, to have our customers experience. Um, Facebook is where we try to post most of our, uh, event updates and things like that. If you want to get a consolidated source of information, the best place to go is eddiosbbq.com. Um, and if you are in Houston, then you can find us right now. Uh, every Saturday and some Sundays we do a we do a barbacoa Sunday, uh, one Sunday out of the month, um, every month. So you can find us cool. every Saturday and then one Sunday for barbacoa Sunday uh, at DNT Drive In at thirteen oh seven Enid in Houston, Texas. Awesome, man! And one last question before uh, I let you go here: what's what's maybe one thing that folks don't know about you that maybe you can share with us? Oh man. Um, I have a passion for, for business. So I'm, I'm really all about barbecue, but I, I don't think that many folks know that, that I'm really, really passionate about business and, and, um, really feel like I carry an entrepreneurial spirit. I'm really passionate about photography. I'm really passionate about web design and web development and media marketing. And those aren't things that I'm claiming to be a master at, but I don't know if most folks know that I, I really appreciate those things and I, and I work at them. Well, I'm sure all of those skills and all of that passion uh, will help you in, in developing your business as the years go by. And uh, wish you all of the best, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Hey, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you carving out some time to add us to your series. And I look forward to uh, listening to more of your podcasts and watching you, uh, you know, help us grow our brand and watch your show continue to grow. I think it's a, you know, it's something that we point folks to to say, hey, if you want to learn about barbecue, if you're new to barbecue, if you want to know what's out there, um, you know, check out I Crush Barbecue. So thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the I Crush Barbecue Show. Remember, if you like the show, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating on your favorite app and share with your friends.
You can always find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Show, Or just email us at Show at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cue.